If you could have a conversation with anyone, who would you choose? Almost everyone has a first and maybe a second choice, but I have hundreds of people I would put on my list. As the host of More Than A Few Words, I've enjoyed the opportunity to talk with marketing and small business professionals from around the world for more than 13 years. You might think I'd run out of things to talk about, but living in a digital world, there's always something new. And every now and then, it's fun to listen to those conversations. And that's what we're going to do today. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is part of the Digital Toolbox, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. Today, I don't have one guest. I have several, as I've pulled together excerpts of some of my favorite conversations from over the last 13 years. The single most popular episode of More Than A Few Words is a conversation that I had with my co-host, Allison Carter, back in 2013 about position statements. Even today, it is still one of my favorites. We're going to talk about something that I think a lot of people think is sort of a a marketing buzzword, Mm -hmm. and that's your brand position. Well, I mean, those are long, unwieldy statements that you put on like a poster with some soaring eagles, right? Actually, no. But I like the soaring eagles. All right, I'll get you soaring eagles. Company mission statements tend to be printed and publicized a little bit more, but a position statement is more of a guideline for your marketing team and your organization in terms of what you want to mean to your customers. Just give me, just give me an example so I can picture this. My favorite position statement is the Ritz-Carlton Hotels. Ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen. Now, I think theirs is incredibly elegant. In that statement, what they do is they define who their customers are, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. It defines a level of service, a way that their employees are supposed to interact. A hiring philosophy. A hiring philosophy. There is a polite elegance, and in the middle of it, there's no discussion about comfortable night stay or rest. It's all about service. And if you've been in that hotel and you walk through that lobby, you immediately know that that's what that hotel is about. So basically, a position statement tells you who your customers are and what, at the most basic level, you provide to them. One of the reasons that episode remains so popular is that a position statement is at the core of all of your marketing. Defining who you are and who you serve is the beginning of every marketing conversation. And it fits nicely with this next episode I'm going to share with you. I had an opportunity seven years after that first conversation to talk to Mike Barrett about elevator pitches, that one-minute introduction when you meet someone new and you explain who you are and what you do. Whether I'm meeting people face-to-face or pitching my idea in a Zoom call, it really all boils down to that elevator. So I have a simple adage. You need to be first, best, or different, and to stand out. 
And uh, I think the challenge with small businesses is obviously they aren't the first small business they in their category. They may be the best, but by definition, they're a small business, so we don't know yet. But they always have the opportunity to be different. And that starts with really why you got into business in the first place needs to mean something when you talk about your business. So to give you an example of what I'm talking about, I met with someone who runs a PR agency and we were talking about branding. And as she was getting coffee, I took a look at a bunch of PR websites and hers. And when she came back, I said, I looked at five PR websites and the message that I got first glance was, we are a PR agency. We'll get your word out. And she said, okay. And I said, then I went to yours and guess what it said? And she just said, oh no. I said, yeah, it pretty much says we're a PR agency and we'll get your word out. But in talking with her in 20 minutes, I learned that in college, she was well known to all her friends to get people out of writer's block when it came to writing essays. She just knew how to grab the words and get the point across. So we talked about that for a few minutes and she had a lot of passion there. It really was why she got into her business. Where we netted out was something that doesn't say I'm a PR agency and I get your word out. It now says every business gets writer's block will help you find the right words. Once you have your position statement defined and you have a clear elevator pitch message, it's time to start working on your website. And one of my most popular episodes was a conversation with Sam Moss about the five mistakes most business owners make when it comes to their website. And a lot of business owners, they put way too many words in the header of their website. And they think they have to put everything there. If you can do three things, you're going to be golden. So when someone lands on your website, you want them to be able to answer these three questions. What is it that you do? So what is your business offer? How will it make their life better as a customer? And then what do they need to do to buy? That's all the header needs to do. It just needs to spark that curiosity. So they scroll. That's the whole goal. The header is really designed to reassure the visitor that they've come to the right place, that as they scroll down, there's going to be more info. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I noticed you didn't say is that you don't necessarily have to put your entire about and company history in that header. You'd be surprised how many business owners, no offense (laughs) if that's you, let's get it changed, decide that they need to do that. The, The thing is, Your website is not about you. This is something that we preach. It's about your customer. You want to make sure that they're the focus and that they get what they need. And it's not all about you being this wonderful company, even if you are. And it's not enough to just get people to come to your website. You have to tell them what you want them to do. Yeah, so the single biggest mistake would really just be not including bold call to action buttons that match each other. Too many times websites just pull you in a ton of different directions and it's this flashy website that looks great. Maybe it has some really cool pictures. You spend a ton of money on it and it's missing a call to action. So what I mean by a call to action would be call now, get a quote, schedule an appointment. Those are all really bold call to actions that you're telling your customer, hey, we're confident in what we do. Come and do it with us. In this next conversation, Monica Snyder and I talk about how to keep people engaged after they've come to your website and after they've clicked that button to learn more. So the first thing is that I signed up to your list probably because you offered me a free gift in exchange. That free gift 
when engineered correctly, should solve an immediate problem. And what I see a lot of people doing is creating these 87 page eBooks that are really broad and don't solve a specific problem. One of the things about the 87 page eBook, nobody is going to read it and I'm giving away everything at once. I can have a lot more value if pick a specific problem, five pages, and then you've got 20 different eBooks that you can produce that will solve individual problems and give people more reasons to come back. Exactly. So take your 87 page ebook and break it down into specific problems for them to solve once they get on your email list. And then if you did create that book right there is a great follow-up sequence. Just give them the others over time. Marketing strategy, web design, and email are all pieces of your sales puzzle. And if done correctly, they should lead you to a sales conversation. But what do you do when you get there? That's what I talked about with Merit Khan, and she shared four words that can completely change your sales process. It's nice when we can just boil it down to four words, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. It's one thing to be really well-versed in what you're going to say to a prospect and how you're going to go through your sales process, but if you're having your best presentation ever and the person that you're talking to or the organization you're talking to is not open to hearing new ideas, it really doesn't matter how great your solution is. It doesn't matter how great your proposal was. It doesn't really matter any of that. So what I'd learned a long time ago was to first make sure that my audience was open to receiving my messages. And I use that same philosophy, whether I'm speaking at a, at a conference as their keynote or doing a training session for my clients or even coaching, and certainly in a prospecting situation. But the magic four words are, are you open to? And it's so simple. It's, it's, it's almost comical. And on that note, I'm going to wrap up this walk down memory lane. If you've enjoyed the conversations and you'd like to find other resources for your business, be sure to check out digitaltoolbox.club. And keep watching for the next 700 conversations of more than a few words wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words.